So we're back. Today, I want to talk about injury, violence, and the body. We're back with another episode. Thank you to all our loyal fans and sponsors. <laughs> um, I feel like you can't talk about Patrice Bergeron without discussing his injury history. And you can't really, I feel like, talk about hockey at all without talking about violence. And that, it's kind of a pretty intrinsic part of the sport. People argue about it. I argue about it. I don't necessarily like it, but it's kind of true. Yeah, it's a very just, like, fast, violent sport. Like, people are getting hit all the time. The hits are, like, definitely hurting both guys, too, all the time. And it's just expected. Like, there's no other sport like that. In football, you get hit in the plans, you know? I mean, like, maybe rugby, I guess. But, like, in hockey, you're getting hit, and you're just getting back up and finishing your shift. Um, yeah. And if you're mad at a guy, you can just stop the game to fight him. So. What a beautiful sport. Um, Truly. So I wanted to first touch on fucking Randy Jones. Randy, Randy Jones. Randy. October 27th, 2007. Yeah. Randy got a little overzealous. <laughs> I have two videos for you. Very similar, we saw Norman Levier in the Avril when that happened to us, you're just totally numb. You see a player like that, a friend, just laying motionless on the ice, uh, you just don't know what to think. You, you just sort of shut down and, uh, and, and you're just so concerned uh, for your friend that he would be in that type of position. A devastating play. Um, Randy Jones clearly uh, deserved a major penalty there, but no one would ever try to injure someone. Uh, you know, it, they would never do it if you knew something like that could potentially happen. I feel bad for Randy Jones actually right now. He has to be devastated. Clearly it was, a, it was an illegal hit and those things happen. Uh, and just one in a million times something like this happens. I mean, I remember seeing Travis Roy when he first played at BU and not a dissimilar hit. Now let's hope that uh, this is not, it will end up not being like that, but it's... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough to watch, like blatantly illegal hit. So that was the Nessin response. And then this one is way longer, but I'm not gonna show the whole thing because it's literally 12 and a half minutes. This one is the Philadelphia Broadcasting. Uh -oh. Exactly sure how he caught the Boston Bruin. We'll try to get a look at that, or maybe Coatsy had a good look at it. You know, Jonesy, I was watching it, and I appeared from, I'm at the other end, but I can still see down the length of the ice, and Jones took him against the wall. I, I thought from where I was that he was close enough to the wall where it wasn't a boarding. If anything, okay, it could have been a boarding because his back was to keep, I mean, to Randy Jones, but in this case, it didn't appear that it was this severe it seemed very innocent when jones took him up against the wall a little different attitude the guy just admits he can't see it too yeah and they just start to basically blame patrice bergeron for being in the corner rather than randy jones for being the one who did something that he probably should not have and then they also start talking about it as like injury is just a part of the game and it's part of this game because it's like such a fast moving game and you can't help it which is like to some extent, maybe, but also, <laughs> this was not a situation where I feel like you could not have helped it, uh, personally. And also, I don't even play hockey, and I know you're not supposed to slam someone into the boards if they're in the corner like that. Like, that's yeah, stupid. Like, there are a lot of bang-bang plays. Like, it's a fast sport, but, like, that, that hit is, like, pretty illegal. 
I mean, pretty much like two hands on the head, on the back of the head, like boarding. Um, and the guy like goes down, can't even move. So it's like kind of heinous to just be like, I don't know, look clean. It wasn't like clean. It There's a difference okay. between a fast play where like a freak accident happens and like doing something illegal and being like, uh, why is he hurt? I'm so surprised. The Flyers are back to being like goons because the same month, like three different Flyers players, including Randy Jones, had like semi-seriously injured other players during games. Yeah. And everyone was like, um, maybe we shouldn't let this keep happening. And then there was kind of this conversation about like, should we care about concussions now? They decided no. Yeah, moving uh, towards <laughs> no on that one. They said, no, not really, but you know. So this concussion, he gets hit from behind. This is like game 10 of the season. And he ends up not playing again until the next year. So he has a season ending concussion. He couldn't play till like the following October. Yeah. And then he basically had like an entire year off. He said like at first, like he couldn't walk. He couldn't really see. It took years for him to like feel like he was back to 100%. And also at this point, he was like in his early 20s. I think he was like 22, maybe, maybe 23. Um, but he had like just kind of started to go on like a scoring high. It seemed as though his ceiling was going to be a lot higher than it kind of ended up being after that concussion. Like if you look at the 2006-07 season, and even the season before in 2005-2006, he had 73 points. And then 70 points. 70 points. And then he comes back. It's 39 points, 52 points, 57 points. He doesn't hit another 70-point season until 2018, 2019. So, like, clearly it feels as though something happened that he never really was able to recover from. And I feel like that's kind of one of the sad parts about sports and concussions is, like, sometimes people get a concussion and they're just, like, never the same yeah. again. And it's, like... Clearly, he's still really talented, but you have no idea where he could have been if he had never gotten this concussion. A lot of what-ifs. A lot of what-ifs. He's, he's had a decent career, I'd say, after that. He's got so. a, I think he's had a really solid career in the aftermath. Like, I think he's fine. There's no real complaints, but I just think it would have been really interesting to see like what it would have been like if he was doing in the alternate universe. 70 points every year for... Be 15 insane. years it'd be yeah, it'd be pretty good like what happened to bergeron like that happens like when when you're hitting a guy from behind it's like oh he's dangerous yeah uh and there's not really like a lot of sports where you're like in that scenario we can like sandwich a guy from behind in the flyers broadcast they also talk about like the corners and how the corners of the rink have become less dangerous over time but, like, there's still obviously danger that's associated with mucking pucks out of corners, which is kind of why it's, like, a dirty job that gets kind of more relegated to defensemen. One of Patrice Bergeron's pros is the idea of, like, thankless tasks. Like, he's the type of guy who just is always in the corner and is always doing these sorts of things that, like, a good player doesn't necessarily do, but, like, an actually, like, a great player. You know what I mean? The thankless tasks... And they, they lead by serving, you know? We kind of talked about it a little bit in the last episode. But kind of this idea of you can't be scared to be playing a sport that is a physical sport if you want to be good at it. And, like, you can't really be, like, thinking about 
being injured. Like, you should be thinking about making sure you're not injuring people, I would hope. And, like, obviously, like, you're expected to, like, take some responsibility over your own, like, personal safety or whatever when you're playing a game. But, like, for the most part, I feel like it's about just psyching yourself up to do it. I was listening to a, I think it was called Wet Jeans, some podcast, and they had Charlie McAvoy on, um, and I was listening to it for an unrelated reason, and he just randomly was talking about how he blocked a shot, and it hit his foot, and it, like, made a giant gash in his foot, and he didn't know at the time, like, he was, like, he saw the shot and was, like, well, I have to block it, got in front of it, blocked the shot, the goal obviously didn't get scored, and then he, like, continued playing, and he was, like, my foot hurts. My foot hurts. And then he went off the ice, and, like, after the game, and they, like, took his sock off, and his whole foot was just destroyed. And then it, like, he was out for, I think, like, he was out for kind of a while with this, like, foot injury. And he was saying how, like, even now, because they, they, the podcast hosts were like, do you flinch whenever, like, you block a shot? And he was like, I do now, but, like, until I got that really bad injury, yeah. like, I never even considered it how, it, like, it could injure me. Until it did. And he's like, and even now, like, I'm still, like, I'm going to flinch, but I'm still going to get in front of it. Because if I can stop a goal from being scored in a pretty notoriously, like, low-scoring game, I'm gonna. Especially in a big <laughs> spot. But, yeah, you got to also, in a sport like this, any contact sport, like, you, you have to be going 100%. Like, if you're, if you're thinking about getting hurt and you kind of hold back a little, like, you're going to put yourself in a position to get hurt. So it's, like, yeah. it's not necessarily, like... A, intuitive thing but like you, you kind of just gotta like go put it all out there because if you don't and and you're thinking first about not getting hurt and then about everything else then you're gonna like not give it your all not be moving fast enough like get caught up in some weird scenario that you shouldn't be in yeah and end up hurt yeah i mean that being said it's okay to make some business decisions out there especially in like it's one thing if you're professional, I guess. So it's actually probably even more important to make the business decisions when yeah. the money's on the line. In fact, if you but. really think about it. If you're thinking about yourself, you're being a selfish player. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then there's also a really good shot of Chara. You know, in the uh, 2011 Stanley Cup Finals, there's one where he, like, just is the goalie for a minute and blocks a shot. The big fella. Yeah, and you're just like, I know that hurts so bad, but it's... If you're a defensive player, like, you have to do anything. You have to be willing to do anything to stop a goal. And I think it's interesting because Bergeron, like, loves... I don't know if I would say loves because I don't know if anyone loves it. But he blocks a lot of shots with his body. And it's like, this isn't necessarily even your job. Yeah, he could definitely, like, be making the business decisions. And nobody, nobody would, like, get mad at him. Not at all. Because he's also one of the older guys on the team. Like, no one would be upset if he was like, eh. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not going to jump in the way of this. Put my face on a puck right now. <laughs> but he does. And that's, like, just another thing I think about him is that, like, we just really love that. That he does that for yeah. us, you know? Yeah, not everyone does that. That's the type of leader he is. Lead by example. Exactly. Going back to Faces of Battle in the 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs, um, when he played in that final series, specifically the last game, like Game 7 where we lost, but like just generally that series, he played like the most injured that any player in like more or less recorded sports history 
that we know of, like modern North American sport. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of complicated. But he's one of the most injured players to play in a playoff game in any sport because he had like a broken nose. He cracked his ribs. He punctured his lung. He separated his shoulder. He tore the cartilage also in his rib. Oof. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. I don't know your rib had cartilage. He got super injured, and then everyone was like, I don't think he's going to play in the next game. And it was a toss-up if he was going to play or not. And then he met with like the team doctors and whoever else, and they were like... If you want to play, we can give you a bunch of cortisone shots. So he was like getting them during the game. Those like only work for like a, a little bit. Though. Exactly. So he was he was like off the ice, would go back Get some and come back. And he was literally playing the game. And he recorded like 17 minutes on ice in that final game. <laughs> Which pretty, is so pretty gritty. Pretty gritty. Yes. So one of the things that like I kind of discovered through this that I never really thought about until... I guess it was framed in this way, is I was thinking about how, like, I felt like he was really kind of, like, staying within this kind of, I don't know, how hockey players are supposed to be tough. Like, he was kind of following it to a T. But he redefines toughness because he just takes physical punishment rather than doling it out. And, like, that is, in an end of itself, a redefinition of the way that hockey players are expected to play. A lot of times when I've looked at, this comes back up later, but a lot of times when I've looked up his nominations for the Selkie and that sort of thing, one of the main differences that people will pull out between like Bergeron and other people that is like kind of a knock on him is that he doesn't have as many like penalty minutes and he doesn't have as many hits. Yeah. Which is interesting because in like every single metric that defines the defensive forward, he is leaps and bounds ahead of literally everyone but this matters so much to people that he doesn't hit as much Old and he doesn't hockey. get into fights. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you do have like hockey people with their weird complexes about how the game needs to be played and respecting the cardinal rules and all that stuff. But it also just is like if you're that disciplined that you can basically still be a physical player and not have to like spend uh, any minutes in the bin. Like, that's, like, as unselfish as it is. Like, you, you're not wasting your team's time, like, making them play shorthanded without a leader. And then also just, like, it makes the other team so mad, I'm sure. The fact that, like, you can just, like, get hit over and over and over again. And, and, and just basically be like, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and then I'm going to score shorthanded. And then you're going to hit me again and get another penalty. And I'm going to do it again. And just keep playing the game the right way, like... Keep going back out there with a straight face. It, it's pretty frustrating if you're on the other side of that, and you're like resorting to being like physical or dirty, and you still can't get a guy rattled. So, yeah, he's a beast. He has a very scant fighting history. He had two fights in the QMJHL, just Quebec Major Junior Hockey. Is there league. any footage of those? Oh, I really wish there was. There were none. There were no videos. The young days. And I was so sad because it's just a blank. Oh, but what those games probably weren't even televised no, absolutely probably not even recorded he had one fight in the ahl and then he's had four in the nhl arguably he has lost three of those four fights which is so funny to me <laughs> he's arguably lost three as in he's maybe lost four yeah gotcha we can watch it yeah let's see 
So this is the first fight he ever got in. It's against Josh Georges during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, it was, what, 2009, maybe? So this is, like, kind of deeper into his hockey playing career, his professional career, than you'd expect. Of course, it's the Canadians. Of course. So this is after he had gotten back from the Randy Jones concussion in 2007. And then earlier in this, in this season, in, like, December, he had gotten another concussion and was out for a month. So this is coming back from that concussion. Let's just watch it. 90 backs in, sends it forward to Bergeron. Georges gets mostly glass and then punches Bergeron right in the jaw. The linesman saw it, and they're going to go. Patrice Bergeron's getting in a fight, and he takes Georges down. Concuss that. Sights you never thought you'd see. Five for fighting for Bergeron. The victor in that one. Patrice Bergeron in the neutral zone, ducking under a bit of a high hit by Georges, and then a quick left hand by Georges. And this reminds me, Jack, of a time when Lyndon Byers got in and it went with Dave Maley. I was playing for the Devils at the time. The fight didn't go LB's way for a change, and uh, he went by the Bruins bench and said, why didn't somebody tell me he was lefty? <laughs> I didn't know Bergeron was lefty. Who knew? <laughs> it's his first fighting major in his fifth NHL season. Of course, his fourth only lasted 10 games. But Patrice Bergeron, folks, is back. Oh, no. He definitely won that one. I mean, oh, yeah. No question. Those were some haymakers. He should have done this more often, I'm thinking. No one knew he was left-handed until this oh, moment. Yeah, that was his uh, that ace was in the his, hole. That was his ace in the hole, <laughs> Jack Edwards says. He literally, first of all, the, the surprise of him going, Patrice Bergeron's getting in a fight. Oh. He's like, oh, shit. We didn't expect this. And then he just yells, concuss that. He's gotten two bad concussions in the past two seasons. There's this idea in, in the literature that getting injured too much kind of puts another target on your back. So he kind of, I don't know, he kind of He's, pushes back against yeah. this idea and is like, I'm not a target. He silenced that. Also, it's against the Canadians. Yeah, perfect team to do it against with a big lead. It's the playoffs. So he's picking his spots. He's he's fighting against a funny team to fight against. Everyone knows not to mess with him, not to fuck with him. Like I mentioned, he got hurt again. But after he gets up, they're like saying that he 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 didn't want assistance getting off the ice. And the commentator, who I'm sure is probably Jack Edwards or Andy Brickley, says he's not looking for assistance getting Rick. off the ice. It's a statement to the crowd as much as it is to himself. Yeah. So the idea of, like, this is second concussion in two seasons. He's, like, just back. He's just come back from a season-ending concussion. And it's another concussion. He's like, I am getting off the ice by myself. No one is helping me this time. 
pretty tough, pretty just, thick-skinned. He's a crazy dude. With that being said, I don't think Jack like understands how concussions work. Absolutely not. But... Absolutely not. <laughs> no chance. Whatever. That's a different story. 